host, Tegan Thomas, and today we have a very cool guest. He has a company called Fledging LLC where he creates electronics for everyone, and he graduates from the University of Alabama at Birmingham in 2021, so he's a pretty young guy. His name is Veda Tan, so Veda, do you want to tell us about how you came up with the idea with for Fledging LLC? Yeah, sure. So it's um, uh, year 2017. I had a MacBook Air, but it had only 64 gig of storage. For who haven't used a machine with only 64 gig of storage, it is absolutely atrocious thing to do because after the operating system and just installing office, you don't have any space left. I, in fact, don't know why it's legal for for Apple to sell that. And I want to upgrade that machine. Only finding it's very expensive to upgrade the storage for Apple users. And uh, after being frustrated, I invented a solution myself. Okay, that's really cool. And can you describe the yep. business model that you use to create Fledging LLC? Yeah, we want to solve the issue that the storage upgrade for Apple is very expensive. So we source the parts directly from manufacturer with the best quality there is, but also keep the cost and overhead low. And as a result, compared to our uh, compared to our competitors, we are offering products sometimes tw twice as fast, but only at about 70% of the price. And with that huge value that we give the customers, we started selling organically online and customers, some of them started to try us and they loved it. So that's where we started. And after that, using the same model, we try to, uh, bring premium electronics experience to everyone at an affordable price. And we extended our product line to external storage and a bunch of other things. Okay, that's really interesting. How did you get investors interested in your business and what was that process like? That is a great question. It took a long time for us to uh, uh, close around. Of course, uh, at the beginning, I went to the hardest and the most uh, hard to convince the investor that I know, my parents, and uh, uh, they gave me a little bit um, amount of fun to start with and also was saving up to buy this uh, BMW Model 3 I always wanted. So that's uh, two things didn't uh, go to um, the uh, car as I wanted and I'm still driving the old Honda Civic I did uh, two years ago and uh, that fund went to start this company. And I don't know until this very day if I made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I got started. But later we went on raising this venture capital round of $1.1 million from primarily local investors. And that was uh, uh, hard, but extremely uh, awarding journey for us to not only uh, experience and learn this uh, entire new domain we're not familiar with, but also to reevaluate and uh, uh, take a step back and uh, uh, see how we're doing and what we're lacking. So I would say through fundraising, we grew to be a better company. Okay, that's really interesting. And like, it's cool that 
you started off with your parents like a lot of people I feel like would be nervous to start off there but that's a lot of help that they can give for you especially if they believe in you so that shows that they really like supported you a lot absolutely um they're phenomenal I always say that if I were to be um able to support my future kids uh my my currently imaginary future kids uh, a quarter they support me, I will consider myself a successful parent. There's actually a more story to it. Um, I worked on it, on this idea for almost exactly two years until, uh, until t- today for uh, part-time. But full-time, I only started working on it exactly a year ago. So uh, this, it's uh, June 1st. 2018 during the summer I started working on this full time and in the same time I was working my PhD in computer science and after this summer I know for sure that this is my clear passion and I'm going to continue working on this but as a Asian as you can imagine it means a lot for them that to they want me to finish my PhD a lot mm-hmm. so I wanted to um, uh, persuade them to tell them that I want to work on this company as my primary focus. So I prepared for three days in advance to writing down, talking point, how to uh, speak to them, practice and all that. And, uh, my parents and I talk every week. Uh, on that weekend, I opened up Skype and said, Mom, Mom and Dad, something I want to talk about. I want to uh, put my PhD study on the side lane and uh, focus on this company as my primary uh, uh, endeavor. Out of my surprise, out of, without hesitation, they immediately said yes. So I was extremely surprised, yet I still went on and go through my list, you know, let them know my logic, my thinking, and all that. And at the end, I said, what do you guys think? And my dad just took this long pause, probably like five, ten seconds, I don't even know. At the point I probably already doubt whether the signal is lost. <laughs> and and he said, son, if you think that we need persuasion to support you, go after your dream, then you don't know us at all. It was an extremely powerful moment. And of course I cried a little bit and uh, that got me that allow me to work on this full time. So yes, they uh, allow me on this, you know, as a uh, primary in- endeavor and put my PhD study on the side, which is a, a phenomenal thing to learn and, and to, to, to hear. So yes, they support me a lot. That's amazing. Um, I want to get more into like uh, how you market your business to your customers. How do you do that? Do you do it through ads? Um, or do you do like interviews type of thing where you explain to like large crowds of people, this is my business, this is what we're trying to do here. Let me know if you're interested. Actually, at the beginning, we didn't do any uh, advertisement at all because I made a product because it's my own need. I'm solving my own problems. I am the customer. And uh, our product is different in the sense that we're offering better performance and yet lower price than any other uh, uh, solutions out there at that time. So it's 
overall a much superior solution. And as a result, no, we spent zero dollar on advertising for the entire first year. And we probably grew our revenue to somewhere like $40,000 a month until that point with no ad set. Oh, wow. Because we're selling online, you know, um, uh, our own website, uh, Amazon, eBay, those kind of places. And they rank by the likelihood of sell, as in if your product's popular that people want to buy it, they would just rank it high. And for us, I really care about my customers, so I have a bunch of tricks that uh, after launch, we will uh, make people buy it immediately after we launch. So the, cert- the algorithm that ranks it will think that, well, this is hot, and it will stay, it will appear at the top for a short period of time on the first day, and since a bunch of people buy it in the first day, um, it will just stay up there forever, and traffic will be organic. And I did it through a very weird way because um, this market, solid, internal solid state drive for Apple computers, that's like internal components that you know can expand your storage. Like, like um, I don't know how familiar you are with the, or your audience is with the computer storage. Uh, 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 do you think I should explain that just a bit more? Yeah, you totally can. That would be awesome. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, we have a bunch of photos, pictures, uh, which are documents, whatever we spend in the machine, uh, we store in the machine. And just like if you have too much furniture, you need a bigger house or you need a bigger space, space to store it. And your computer needs a bigger storage device or bigger capacity when you have too much files or too much data. And this storage device in Apple computers are called solid state drive. It's function just like hard drive, but it's newer, thinner, and lighter, and much faster, and also more extensive. You can see it actually in all high-end computers now, and laptops now. And we expanded quickly because Apple has a different shape of it every year or two. So we offer, in fact, uh, five different types of those. When I organically grow the company for just one of those types, people would uh, buy it from us. And many of them will mispurchase it when it when their machine doesn't really fit. So for me, of course, you know, we return and refund all of them, but rather than just letting them go, I always follow up with a message saying, hey, although we don't have your product, but we are going to launch something for you. Would you like to be contacted when, when we're ready? with a gigantic discount for, you know, 15%, 20%, 30%, whatever that is. Since we already have a uh, good product out there and people, and those are people who need it, a lot of them will just say, yeah, and they know it's good value and we're giving them even further discounts. They just love that. And what I do is that the day we launch, I will message all of those people on the wait list saying, hey, now go there to buy it with this, Promotional code give you a thirty percent off. You can be one of the earliest people to get it. That's what makes the algorithm think that we have a hot product, and and that's how we have no ad spending for the entire first year. Yeah. What are your favorite types of customers to work with? Like, do you work with big businesses or is it just individuals? It actually depends. There's a there's obviously half and half. Uh, it depends month and month. But uh, there are individuals and there are uh, business. Business are higher value in terms of uh, revenue. But uh, if we talk about serving people and build a reputation, it's really the everyday customer that get us there. So, I mean, I enjoy working with both. And so you mentioned that people can find your products on your website on Amazon, correct? Yes. 
Okay. And do they have to look up just by your uh, name or how does that pop up there? No, if they just, let's say on Amazon or eBay, if they just search MacBook SSD, our products are guaranteed to rank, I would say, top five. Okay, that's good. And yep. what is the main goal for your business? Are you just focusing on trying to get a discount for other people? I think that uh, uh, it is absolutely ridiculous to see that how, I think hardware industry overall is broken. You have polarizing choices. Either you pay premium for good product, like a uh, $1,000 iPhone, uh, or you end up with cheap knockoff that uh, break in a second day with really horrific quality. There's few companies in the entire consumer electronics sector are saying we want to work just as hard as those big guys and build the best product out there. Yet not be so greedy, not be so greedy, and only charge a moderate price with a very reasonable margin. And we want to do that. I don't know if you're familiar with a phone company OnePlus or Xiaomi. I've heard of them before, yeah. So OnePlus is basically the phone company who have the same uh, model. They want to build the flagship phones at I would say seventy percent or half of the price of what other people are charging. And, and they've successfully done that and their phones are great. We want to do that in the consumer, in the computer accessory space. Oh, okay. We want to make premium electronics affordable so everyone can enjoy it. And I think that it's not a uh, just a cost, money, a customer issue. I think it's a human rights issue by enabling people using the newest tech we are democratizing this industry because imagine, let's say, uh, if uh, a kid in India cannot afford a reasonable quality computer for affordable price, then he probably can't learn coding and that could be the ticket changing his life, you know? Yeah. I saw that your team is like five to 20 people. So how did you find your current team and what do you look for in an employee? That's a terrific question. Uh, we found our team primarily through referral. Um, I found that uh, if you knew uh, they're talented and top tier talent, they, they're friends and they can refer also top tier talent to you. And then vice versa, if you, uh, uh, know th if you start with third tier talent, they will, re they will refer third tier talent to you. And for team, at the moment, we're at, uh, I think, 10 people now, uh, including myself. Uh, we're gonna probably expand to about 15 by the end of the year. Um, I really just seek three things. First is passion. I love what I do, and we want to find people who also love what they do. If they're passionate about things, some very uh, hard issue or very hard requirement just become given. They will definitely work hard. They sometimes don't even mind being paid a bit less because they just love what they're doing. They almost think it's just playing. And their mentality become, well, I work X amount of hour and you have to uh, get paid Y dollar. Otherwise, I think it's a horrific use of my time or life. It's becoming, oh my God, I'm just having so much fun. I can get paid. That's even better, you know? And uh, other than um, the industryness, uh, passion really makes people develop a strong sense of ownership which is also very hard to just require. 
uh, when people really love something, when they finish it, you can feel and see that they will stand straight next to it and with pride and pointing at it and say, look, I did that. I accomplished that. That is my work. And all of that are crucial to the life and death of a startup. Um, except other than passion, we look for people who are humble and can self-reflect because I sincerely believe that uh, the most likely outcome for most startups is death. Five-year survival rate for any newly registered U.S. company is uh, less than 5%. So 95% of company cannot live until five years old. The infant mortality is very high in entrepreneurship. And I think the only way to avert that kind of inevitability is to always be humble and self-reflect so we can keep improving. Um, so this is a, a, a important part of our culture and we also seek that, seek that. And the third part is that we want to find people who are uh, over, under-promise and over-deliver. Um, we do that to our customers and do that to our teams as well. We try to, you know, underestimate how much we pay everybody and uh, overpay them. To our investors, we underestimate our revenue and uh, profits. To uh, our customers, we say we're going to deliver in four days. We know for sure it's going to get there in three or two. And I think that's the key to manage anyone's expectations and to be successful in that kind of uh, uh, way. Uh, we have a 100% positive feedback from our customers because we, first, we really care about them, and second, we surpass their expectations. If someone order on, we ship every Saturday. So if you order at Friday, it can get to your door as early as Monday or latest on Tuesday. People will think, holy crap, that's teleportation shipping. That's actually a comment we got several times now. We also want people to believe in, you know, uh, under promise and over delivering. Yeah, for sure. And I want to know, what do you think is the most fascinating thing about technology? About technology, huh? Well, technology is too fascinating. I think it encompasses any explorer. It's a ma major, it's basically the uh, theme of human beings' curiosity. And uh, that's who we are. We're not on the tree anymore to gather fruit because we want to tinker with things to create tools. And there's just one moment back in the cave that one man that's lit up a fire and within within a blink of eye we see civilization i think that's the term of technology okay and did you take any courses in college that influenced your choice to start a business no no way i never wanted i never thought i'm gonna start a business and did you ever want to consider taking entrepreneurship classes or were are, are you just doing your thing um, I do feel there's a lot of useful things in the education, right? MBA, uh, such and such, but teacher entrepreneurship in general, I'm not so sure from so many ways. Can things be taught? Of course, anything could be, could be taught. Is entrepreneurship a skill that have a lot of things that, um, are transferable and universal? Yes, of course there is. I personally, in fact, credit the uh, uh, YouTube video series, How to Start a Startup, a Stanford 
class by Y Combinator as one of my uh, one of the best early resources to help me start this company. But so yes, I do take education, and I do think that is very valuable. But overall, I've never really thought about uh, um, doing that from a academic or from from school myself because uh, what I was able to do this is that. I'm one of the best person in the world who knows the most about Max Solid State Drives. And uh, I am good at what I did in a technical perspective, like, uh, you know, installing uh, offering systems, uh, putting those parts together and make it work. So I, in fact, would say that, uh, and also when you're talking about entrepreneurship, what is re- irreplaceable, right? What is the hardest part? Is the uh, business part irreplaceable? Is it the marketing? Uh, the sales, the uh, I mean, all that are important, but all those skills can be marketed easily with a price. But the technical skills, the real breakthrough that sets you different, it's really hard to uh, replicate that. So for me, I would say that that's what's unique that's got me here. Okay, that's interesting because a lot of other people think that, you know, entrepreneurship is... Yes, it's universal, but it can be really helpful, at least when you're taking classes. But I mean, I understand your point for sure, where you're just like, you kind of can learn that on your own and you can pay for someone else to do that. But your technological, your technical skills, those are things that you like specify on that are specifically done for you. So that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. And, and I, in fact, don't think it is that, I, in fact, don't know for sure it, it is that uh, uh, efficient to learn entrepreneurship. For example, is it that efficient to go to MBA right after college? It's something that I don't fully agree because just like if you're learning entrepreneurship without having your own enterprise or building, you wouldn't appreciate what, nor understand those. I mean, now listening to those MBA classes or such, now I understand those are the questions I run into. I can't echo the importance of it yet. I mean, otherwise it's an MBA class about corporate compliance I mean, what does that even mean? Why is that even important? Everything just reek uh, old and boring and all that. But by doing the company, unfortunately, we miss the tax and we have to pay 500 bucks fine. And that I realized it's important, you know? Mm-hmm. Out of context, I don't know how much valuable that is for education that you don't even feel. But if you already done something, then at least you can feel, feel that. And all of, all of the resources are out there. Like, the YC class I mentioned just one of many, many resources out there. Whenever you really need it, then start looking. Maybe that's the best uh, course forward. Yeah. What was your biggest struggle as being a business owner and being a student at the same time? Oh, obviously, balancing school and uh, the uh, business. Of course, my, my research study, all that suffered. And um, time. I usually will um, start it. I usually will start, uh, you know, every day uh, in the morning, go to school, do research, do all that kind of stuff, and go home, uh, cook, clean up, all that. And from 8 p.m., I start working on business. And it's really hard because uh, uh, it's, you know, every way to be start to be spread very thin. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest challenge. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, did you know whenever you entered college that you wanted to run a business? No, I, it was never planned. Even if, even it's already one year in, we're already making 
30, 40,000 bucks a, a, a month, I'm still not sure. Because the opportunity cost is great. If I finish my PhD program in computer science, at least 100, 150K a month, uh, 100, 150K a year salary is right there. This is a lot that I'm giving up. And what do you enjoy most about being an entrepreneur? To learn and grow. I'm still accelerating in how much I learn and what I know in so many aspects from the business um, to run the company itself and in general to learn about the world. I gain a lot deeper understanding about the world that I weren't able to understand before. It's providing me a lens and an angle that uh, can really peek into the mechanism of human society in general. And that's extremely exciting. Can you tell me about a time that you had an issue with a project and who you worked with? What were the challenges and what was the outcome? Hmm. Uh, just any projects? Yeah, any projects that at least that is involved with your business or before your business. There's so many projects. Web, uh, many, many projects. For example, uh, two months ago, we started this, we named Project Alfred. Project Alfred Pennyworth, as in um, we have a backhand support system, the inventory, the tracking, all that was written by ourselves as uh, macros in Excel sheet and was broken and hardly scalable anymore. And rather than rebuilding on that, uh, I realized that it's been too long that we've been asking ourselves, how can we improve and do things right? How can we improve you know, on this existing thing and do it right? But we forgot to ask, are we doing the right things anymore? And at that time, I realized we are not doing the right things. We shouldn't build this in-house. We should just use a off-the-shelf existing solution. So we launched this project and surveyed all the uh, uh, available inventory management system out there. When you, and we eventually selected the one that fits the most and migrated the entire company to it. And immediately the team just loved it and our productivity increased visibly. And um, I have one last question for you. How did you go about getting connections with manufacturers to create your products? Luali, I'm a Chinese, so it's very convenient. Um, <laughs> I, in fact, just directly uh, uh, call them. And like most Americans, I start from Alibaba and try to contact supplier from there. I mean, I'm no different. It's not like I know everyone in China and just have family connections. No, I start from Alibaba as well. And um, I think that's in fact one of my biggest strengths uh, in this game because I'm able to reliably establish trust and partnership with manufacturers. I usually take about, it usually take me about uh, 15 minutes from a customer service call to get to the CEO. And or, or, or you know, or the uh, uh, product line manager can make uh, decisions on whether they can go into partnership with us independently. The trick I use is to ask customer service a how much does a technical change impact bulk purchasing price? So there's three key aspects to it. So this question usually gets to the CEO or the, you know, the product line manager can directly make the decision because this question has three parts in it. You are asking a technical change. So the guy must be technical. He, he, he can be a pure sales. Sales only know the laid down specification, but I'm asking you adding, adding on stuff. 
So at least that guy should have some engineering background. Then I'm asking both purchasing. So I'm not just buying one off. I'm, I'm not just a normal customer. I'm a supplier. I want to build this into a sustainable and long-lasting business partnership. And the third is uh, the price. So even if someone can do bulk purchasing as a sales or even as an engineer, they can't decide how much discount can give. And the only person who can dabble all three is usually the product line manager or the CEO. And interestingly enough, manufacturers, CEOs, don't wear the hat. They would just say, hey, I'm a lead engineer, such and such. But you can sense the tones are different. They can, they can make instant decisions themselves, and they will talk about their visions, their dreams, rather than just, you know, a product, how much money, what's the margin, all those kind of stuff. So uh, with that, then the real conversation begins to see how we can establish a partnership, how can we bring value to each other. That's, uh, that's my path. And we have probably two suppliers for every part in general. And we constantly talk about eight, we maintain like eight, nine customer, uh, suppliers already at the moment, and it will be more in the future. Okay, cool. That was it. Do you have anything else that you'd like, like to add for any entrepreneur listeners out there? No, not really. Uh, that's about it. I guess, uh, um, yeah, that's all. Thank you for having this conversation with me. Yes, of course. Thank you so much, Veda. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, too.